Welcome back to History List. The world's first autobiography comes to us from late antiquity, at the end of the Roman Empire, from St. Augustine, in the form of his Confessions. It would be roughly a thousand years before the first Asian autobiography was written, by the Mughal conqueror Babur, the Babur-Nama. Kabul's rhubarb is excellent. The quinces and plums are also good, as are the citrus fruits. One variety of grape, called ab-angur, is superb. Kabul wine is intoxicating. Sown crops are not good. A four- or five-fold return on agriculture is considered good. The climate is excellent. This is the sort of half-charming, half-banal descriptions that flood his work. They're punctured by extraordinary battle sections, however. When the assault was made from all sides, the Afghans were not able to put up a fight. Some were captured alive, but mostly only heads were brought. Those that were brought in alive were ordered beheaded, after which a tower of skulls was erected in camp. Skull towers alongside the praise of pomegranates and poetry. Bauer's contrasts strike our modern sensibilities as almost absurd, yet he was simply a model ruler of his era, both a warrior who didn't gloss over bloodshed and something of an effete with cultured tastes. Born in 1483, he consolidated power in the region over a period of decades. He took Samarkand and Kabul by the age of 21. Turkic and culturally and linguistically Persian-influenced, he claimed nominal ancestry from Genghis Khan via Timur. He was 11 when he ruled his first city, Fergana, in Uzbekistan. In his youth, he had difficulty holding on to Kabul, no surprise there, and worked with the neighboring Persian Safavid Shah, Ismail, to divvy up the Central Asian territories. His command of territory ebbed and flowed. He lost Samarkand three times. In 1519, at the age of roughly 36, he made his fateful decision to cross into the Hindustan, modern-day Pakistan, and conquer the Punjab. A few years later, he was marching on Lahore. This northern region had already been conquered by Muslims and had been an established sultanate. He crossed the Indus and defeated the sultan in the first battle of Panipat, in part by scaring his enemy's war elephants, allowing him to claim ownership of the Punjab. Babur now set up in the region of Agra and Delhi. The next two years were spent fighting neighboring kings who assumed, rightly, that Babur was a threat as a foreign invader. But Babur's victories meant these battles led to even greater consolidation of power. From 1526 to 1530, he was the first Mughal emperor, setting up a dynasty that would last until the arrival of the British and expand to conquer most of the Indian subcontinent. When he died in 1530, he was only 47. Having died in Agra, he was reburied in Kabul, according to his wishes. 
Babur's Mughal Empire is seen as a turning point in the relations between Muslims, represented by Babur's troops, and the local Hindus and other faiths. There was an, again, bizarre mix of violent repression and tolerance. Hindus were at times sought out and killed, but Babur also told his son to avoid killing cows so as to not create offense. When his son, Humayun, acceded to the throne, he ended up ruling for a decade, and then passed the expanded territory to Akbar, after a usurpation. Akbar, however, unlike the brief rules of his predecessors, remained Mughal emperor from 1556 to 1605, and secured the dynasty for the future. By his time, the Islamic faith had now spread a great deal throughout India, and its influence was significant. In Babur's era, this was already evident. When he ordered a mosque to be built, it became a site that was disputed for centuries, since the site was sacred to Hindus. The mosque was destroyed by Hindus in 1992, another spark in the periodic violence that has erupted between Muslim and Hindu Indians since the 15th century. Islam, up to this time, had mostly been focused on areas where Christians and Jews lived. The difference of Hinduism to Islam has led to continued challenges up to the present day, and will be examined again in the 20th century. So too, with a new faith that emerged, Sikhism, which we will explore shortly. In the meantime, however, we remain in the Islamic sphere of influence and travel to Persia, where the great miniaturist Bezad brought the representative arts to a zenith that would be admired and copied by later Islamic artists in India. Next time on History List. <laughs>